Season five is on the way. We are here for another episode of yeah, Southside yeah. Rabbi. Listen, we were supposed to be on a break. Uh-huh. Loving our family. That's right. Loving ourselves. And loving our God. Loving our God. <laughs> and, 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 and I could already hear people saying, loving yourself, isn't that unrighteous? But you got to take care of yourself, man. You have talking to. about mental health, man. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Jesus literally said, love your neighbors as you like love you your, love. Or love your wife as you love your own body. Oh. He talks about how you take care of your own body, and then that means that you should. Listen, man, I, it ain't that I'm talking fast. It's that y'all listening slow. <laughs> or it wasn't that Jesus was talking fast. It's that you're reading slow. That's right. And ain't nothing wrong with slow reading. No, you got to about... do it let it seep in. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that we have come off a little small hiatus to give y'all another episode because there has been some things that have transpired in the culture. Yeah. So before we get into it, you already know, this is your boy, I mean the dream, Hudson, but I am sitting across from a man mm. that I don't know if we should call him a man mm. or not in this day and age where we have pronouns and different. So his pronouns is that guy, as Andy <laughs> Mayo said. His pronouns is Himothy. You know what I'm saying? That's this man right here. I'm talking about KB Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess, the man that will open any Bible. It doesn't matter the translation. He will preach one of the most solid biblical uh, messages you ever heard. I'm talking about exegeting scripture like a true theologian from the Message Bible. From the Message. I mean, it could be the man. He can pick up a Bible that doesn't even have chapter or verses. Eugene Peterson. He (laughs) will. I've never met a man that has the kind of sharp intellectual mind that, listen, this man wrote a book in 30 minutes. Ah, debut. Debut, too. Debut, too. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to tell you the kind of mind that this man has was one that God said... I'm going to just put a little bit of extra uh, swag on there. That's it. And then put it in his skull and then plant it in the cerebellum yeah, and let it. you crazy, So um, I'm just glad that we can be back because we have to talk about what's been going For on. For sure. And before we do that, let me just take a quick moment and say uh, how honored I am. Okay. To That's enough. So I- <laughs> let's get back into what we are here to talk about today. I refuse. <laughs> Because when Derek, our producer, along uh-huh. with Nady, uh-huh. who is uh, the head of social media at Native, shout out to Nady, shout out to Native, decided to turn this table sideways. Right, as you can see, it's it's this way now. There is a glory that I experienced by just being a few feet closer to oh, this man goodness. than I was in the previous season. Don't the gentleman that. that I sit across from right here uh-huh. is not a man. He is a movement. <laughs> he is a monument. He is a motion. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. This gentleman that I sit across from, whose dreads represent the strength that exist in his soul how his dreads are not easily broken so this man's heart soul and efforts he is here's the word unbreakable oh my gosh unshakable what you thought they called him Mr. Glass capable unbakeable oh. untapable unquakeable untakeable <laughs> ladies and gentlemen I am talking about the spiritual equivalent Mm-hmm. To all the Michaels that have ever existed Michael Jackson Woo! Michael Jordan <laughs> Michael Myers <laughs> This man right here Michael Johnson Michael Johnson <laughs> Michael, Michael the Archangel Michael. I mean the dream Michael Jackson Hudson 
Thank Make you. some noise for my guy one time. Thank okay, you. all right. All stop. I'm saying is that before we get started, hey, hey, let me say one thing. Though. Yeah. Hold on, wait, hold on. Uh, uh, no, don't no, you go. Ahead. No, I got no, you. No, I won this did, one. I know. You did. No, but I just I, I had to throw it. That's why I want you to go first. I just had to throw in a caveat. Hold on, wait, wait. Season five, I'm writing them out. Oh, okay. Because I, I understand that in season four, the, the, the judges have got back in. Uh-huh, yeah. And the scorecard has me down significantly, okay? Every episode, it's an 8-10 round, okay? <laughs> but season five is yeah. literally on my to-do list. I have it on the, the, uh, the goals board at my house, all yeah. right? My children are praying for oh it. Oh, my gosh. I'm coming for okay, you, thank you with brother. an honor you cannot. I... I you cannot defeat. Thank you. I love that, my brother. I just want to say that as we get into this episode where we start to discuss everything that's happening in the Supreme Court. Yes. I think that they're going to go on recess. I think they're on recess now until October. Yeah. But when it's a, which is, uh, that's the summer recess, which is, that's a pretty long time. Yeah. But when they come back from recess, they are going to actually be deciding on a case, okay. uh, another legal case, a serious legal case, to actually talk about whether or not it is legal for Kevin Elijah Burgess to be as smart and as brilliant as he is. Ow, if it's constitutionally viable to keep that going. And so when Supreme Court Justice Alito comes back in, uh, Why would uh, you do this? Clarence Thomas, um, Neil Gorsuch, uh, uh, Amy oh, Comey Barrett, Barrett. <clears throat> <laughs> when the uh, conservative majority of the Supreme Court decides stop, on that, bro. Hopefully, why would you do hopefully that? Hopefully, what they could do is toss you, that. You just take hopefully, your what L. they could do is toss that. Why on couldn't back. he take his L? I just was. I just want to say, I hope that they toss wow. it on back to the states. I just lost again. <laughs> <laughs> toss, toss that all back to the states for the states to be able to make that decision. Governor on DeSantis right, exactly. is going to be federally uh, a, a decision that should be made in a federal court. The state should be able. To, so, and then we'll see what the state of Florida has with you know Ron DeSantis, and you then when idiot, he becomes bro. president in twenty twenty four, hopefully that won't happen. But <laughs> so, uh, but uh, let's get back into it. So. <laughs> There's a lot that has wow. transpired over the last few weeks, man. Um, yes. There, I mean, as we know, one of the biggest things that has happened is that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, Roe the 1973 v. Wade. Mm -hmm. uh, just watershed moment of a law that was passed. So yeah. the question is, what now, right? So now we see that the Supreme Court has decided that Roe v. Wade is overturned, which means it's now going to go back to the states on whether or not abortion is going to be sure, legal. Sure. States are going to make the decision themselves. Sure. A number of red states have already started outlawing abortions. There's already been abortion clinics that have been shut down yep. in places like Texas. Yep. And, and as you can imagine, evangelicals, conservatives are jumping for joy. Yes. Uh, those who are liberal, those who are pro-choice um, are... Uh, there's been a lot of protests. There's yes. been a lot of uh, uh, there's with, been a lot with, of anger. With one qualification mm -hmm. is that uh, the Guttmacher Institute has done a bunch of studies on where the general population is on is on the, these issues. Yep, the general population is not yes. on the side of the courts. Yes. So, for the first time, really in American history mm -hmm. since the 1970s, yeah. uh, the general population is actually leaning pro-choice. Right now, up until very recently. The general population was, uh, they, they, they saw it as kind of how the Democrats would talk about it, that, it, that abortion is something that should be rare, right. uh, but should be safe uh, and accessible. Mm -hmm. um, but people were leaning towards life. Now this thing has certainly turned into something that's almost exclusively, exclusively talked about in, in the terms of rights. Mm -hmm. And that, that, as AOC said, uh, women woke up with less rights that morning, 
the morning of the decision right. than they did the night before. That's what she said. However, there is a spectrum. Right. There are individuals on the right who are, this is as black and white as a 1940s film. Uh-huh. Uh, all abortion. Right. Is murder, uh-huh. and everyone who gets an abortion is a murderer. Right there, that is the that's, that's the extreme mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the right side. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no conversation. Yep. There's no nuance. Mm-hmm. There is only homicide. Mm-hmm. Then on the other end, right. on the far left, um, there are individuals who see the right to terminate pregnancy up until the baby's, you know, <laughs> literally yeah. can can apply for a job. Okay. I've spent the last week trying to understand the arguments of, of people who are pro-choice. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I've... No, it's good. Let that be a model for how we do things, yeah. though, that we always try to teach that at Southside Rabbi yeah. to listen to both sides, yes. to try to get a good understanding of both sides. Yes. To the point that you can explain both sides. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Because I also spend a lot of time listening to pro-life arguments, and I'm realizing that a lot of folks that people are saying in the camp that we de facto saw ourselves in does not represent us at all. Right. There's kind of been enlightenment for me on both sides. Yep. But I, I, I listened to one individual who was, in my opinion, on the less reasonable side of the pro-choice end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. saying that if, when the doctor is going in to terminate the fetus in the womb, mm-hmm. the syringe misses the heart mm-hmm. and the baby is born and still breathing. Yeah. The question was asked to this young lady, what do we do if the baby survives the abortion? Right. There was some a group of individuals that went down to, to Washington recently yeah. who were abortion survivors. Mm-hmm. What happens in the psyche of the far left or just the left-leaning abortion as a human right, as a, as a woman's right? Right. What happens in that uh, situation? And I think these folks would be on the far left. They would say then you would continue to terminate the the baby's life yeah um now there's two ends of the spectrum right but what the what the studies are showing though is that most people don't live on those extremes yeah most people are in the middle right so it it could feel like because twitter and And, tiktok social media yep twitter and tiktok is filled with extremes extremes. bloods and crips right we on the south side right yep bloods and crips do not uh sort of explain the the population of the hood at all absolutely that is not. a small minority of yeah. individuals yeah. that are in uh-huh. the hood and then and, and people yeah. that use them to explain the population of the hood it's terribly uh n- not only reductionistic but it gives a terrible misrepresentation of the hood that's right because it's like we've said on here before the majority of people in the hood are law-abiding citizens yes. that are trying to live their lives yes. the majority of people in the hood are not on the corner yes. with with red and blue bandanas yes. or, or a part of any other gang yes. robbing people yes. uh, kicking doughs like we say kicking in South Side Rabbi, that's right, that's right. Uh, uh, in the South Side and, and living a life of crime right. the majority of people in the hood are not doing that it's a small percentage that is actually terrorizing the majority right. yet the small percentage is they make the I mean they make the most noise projected as right. the whole yeah. and I think that's what's happening in this in the abortion debate right. there's a small percentage on both ends of the spectrum that represent the extremes of the debate and they are the most active mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They are the most. They are the most political. Most political. They're the the most unreasonable. They're mm-hmm. they're the the ones that are the least flexible. Right. Again, I I have to say both sides. Right. Because I oh, absolutely folks. Uh, I, I'm a religious person. Yeah. All right. So folks that would consider themselves to be uh, evangelical or, mm-hmm. or Christian or, or you know Catholic, whatever. Right. They, there is a spectrum there of individuals who are also gang gang. Right. At the end of that, that, that spectrum that are like, yo, what's up? Right. We just hit up your block. How will you respond? Right, right, right. What? It was us who did it. Right, right. That kind of thing. Right. Which no does mask. not represent the spirit of God and his people in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think that it's also good for us to remember in the dissenting opinions, mm-hmm. The vast majority is not represented on Twitter and on TikTok. Absolutely. Uh, or on social media in general. They're at your family vacation. They're at your family reunion. They're at, they're at your workspace. At your job, they're at the yep. grocery store. They're in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Do not let the volume mm-hmm. of those on either end of the spectrum shape the entire conversation yeah. for you. And that's not even just with the abortion issue. That's with any issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because what we have seen is that a lot of the issues that we address on here, of course, it is divided into these very extreme tribal camps. And that's what you see on social media. That, that, and the data shows that. Social media, especially st- places like Twitter, uh, the majority of people, they, they do not represent the views of the majority of the public and that folks on Twitter are way more and on other forms of social media are way more partisan yeah. and way more politically active than regular people that you're going to run sure. into every day. Sure, so sure. if you use that to color how you see the rest of the world, it's going to be a very skewed view That's of right. what is actually really going on outside. And it's also going to take the... It's going to take the power out of your witness to influence those who are around you because you are going to be so shaped by the vitriol that you are consuming online Mm -hmm. that you are going to show up to any conversation with With your guard up. And and then also... Ready to do war. Right. Not ready to do reason. Message. So so that's a... Ready to do war, not ready to do reason. Reason over war. Yes. And hopefully we can do reason over war, fam. Right, Right. And again... Lessons from the South Side, mm-hmm. okay? And this isn't just the South Side. This is just when we give up mm-hmm. on walking through things with individuals. Yes. There's only one thing left. Yep. And that is... He who has the biggest gun. Yep. He who has the biggest muscle. She who has the biggest gun. She who has the biggest muscle. Sadly, that's how we do politics anyway, though. Man. That is what is happening. We've seen, especially since 2016, yeah. politics has turned even more so. We have been more polarized than ever. Right. Um, and we see that it is that the way that we are doing politics, political discussion, talking about certain ideologies, it is starting to turn into who has the bigger guns yeah, yeah. and not who can reason. How and can we reason together? I do believe what has shot... Our even, um, <laughs> it shot our attempt to try to be more reasonable or be more persuasive or be more influential, mm-hmm. to love people to a good place mm-hmm. outside of legislating them to a good place. Right. Not to say that legislation doesn't matter. I'm sure it we're going to talk about that right, in a right, second. Right, yeah. But we're just saying, what is the most effective tool yeah. the people of God have been given? Right. And I would hope that it would be the words of our mouth and the fruit of our life right. that should be personified by love, grace, accompanying truth. Right, absolutely. Love, grace, truth. Yeah, Jesus and, was full of grace and truth. And, I, and I think that's what, what, what has shot our confidence in that. This, that sounds cute to people. Oh, I, I hear you. 
I, of course, we wish we can be persuasive, but, but, but the reality is, if you don't put these liberals in their place, if, if you don't show up like the strong man, remember when, when, when uh, uh, back in 2016, uh, Christians who had taught full classes on Christian behavior were throwing out the playbook. Yep. We need a new playbook. Yep. Because Hillary Clinton might be president. Yep. And the onlooking world watched us play by this new set of rules yep. that was written by the enemy. And now you're having a hard time selling your point of love for life. Absolutely. That's the issue. I think that um, there's something that um, one brother said that I think was really good, that this decision for me has caused joy in my heart, but disquiet in my spirit. And for me, I feel the same way because of what you just said, that what I think that we have seen is for folks on the right, Republican Christians, or even those who would just be called conservative Christians and folks on the religious right have adopted the ideology of the secular right. The, the, the problem with the way that I, f I feel like Christians on the right have done politics, and I talked about this in 2016, is that they think that just because they are, they are on the right side, I mean literal right of the political spectrum, that everything goes, mm. right? And what has happened is that you have these Christians who are conservative, which I am would consider myself conservative. Me and KB has said this several times. Yeah. We are socially conservative, right? But I've seen that folks have actually started embracing the secular right. And those on the right side, the religious right, the, the Christians who would claim to be on the right, they almost act as if though a secular right doesn't exist. Wow. They, believe, they act as if though the only people that are secular in the political space are, on, are the left. Are on the left. To the left. So they just, the left are secular. The left are postmodern. The left are Marxist. The left are this. The left are that. Left, 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 left. They are secular God haters who hate God. They hate the Constitution. They hate holiness. That's them. Us on this side of the political spectrum, we are on the right side. Yes. And you act as if though there is not a secularism on this side either. Right, right. And what has happened is, I think that what we have seen, oh, come on, especially Meezy. since come on, Meezy. especially since 2016, is that we have seen Christians adopt what I will call this MAGA type of politics. And by MAGA, I don't just mean Donald Trump. Right. You know what? Because Donald Trump helped boost the term, the Make America Great Again term, though it didn't originate with him. Sure. But the MAGA movement, that yes. Make America Great Again movement, which is part of that movement of those Christians who were all sold on being persuasive and being all about love and joy and, and coming into the, uh, the, 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 the public square when it comes to politics and trying to bring biblical ethics and trying to be persuasive and trying to be winsome. Right. And then when 2016 happened and it seemed like Hillary Clinton was on the verge of winning and the Democrats and the liberals were on a verge of winning everything. Blue they wave. started saying to them, yeah, when there was this blue wave, they started saying to themselves, we are going to throw all of the biblical ethics out of the window and we are going to vie strictly for power. Yes. Because the liberals can't win.
Yes. We have to win at whatever cost. So then folks started justifying the new right is what some like political scientists would call it, that there's a new right. right. And this new right was a this this MAGA right yeah. was this MAGA right that arose that could care less about being respectful. A lot of the times they are very rude. They are very disrespectful. They uh, constantly mock their enemies, their political enemies. Yes. They misrepresent them. They do not care about uh, uh, any of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, right, kindness, right, goodness, right, gentleness, right, right. Yes. faithfulness, self-control. Yes. They believe all of that stuff should be thrown out of the window because this is wartime now. Yes. And now the war, we are in a war with the liberals and we in wartime have to put on face paint. We have to make sure our rifles is clean and we have to throw away all of that, all of the Christian ethical stuff. Yes. And we have to put on a warlike mentality that says we have to win and kill at any cost. Wow. Any means by any means necessary. Right, 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 That's right. where you got those pastors that were saying in 2016, I don't need a political leader who shows the kind of fruit that Jesus did. We, we don't need them to look like Jesus. We, we don't right. want our political leaders to look yeah. like Jesus. He needs to look like a political leader, like a winner. Right. If you think that Christ would run things or be about some of the things that that MAGA Trump kind of ideology bought in in 2016, yeah. that that represents the fruits of the spirit. Right, right. Then I think that w you have lost your way. Yes. That's the secular that, right. I mean, if you think about Colossians 3, right? right. That to set your mind yeah. on the things that are above. Right. Right. Not on this world. Uh -huh. It is to completely sell all of the prerogative, all of the promises, all of the emphasis right. of an eternal kingdom right. for your little moment in history. Absolutely. For your, for your, your fighting. We, we're like ants fighting over a, a, a piece of discarded food on the ground right. and, and with, with no with no sense of that there's an entire world outside. Absolutely. That God has given you a vision of mm -hmm. that there's an this is a universe that God is active doing things God is is uh uh planning things Say that. God has things on schedule that you're to be a part of that you're not even thinking about absolutely you're not thinking about the soul of people anymore you are only thinking about victories in the public square oh. you have become so earthly minded that you are no heavenly good but here's the issue heavenly goodness is the only goodness that will be ultimately good for the earthly realm. Oh, say that. That's it, bro. Say that. And if that is that, that's a that's an afterthought to you. It is betrayal, bro. It is the absolute. Um, it is the salt that has lost its seasoning, the light that gives no rays. It is indeed the trampling over uh, underfoot of pearls, bro. Oh my god. And gosh. I think, I think that. Before we can begin to parse through everything, we have to ask ourselves as individuals who will consider themselves to be champions of life in the womb, mm -hmm. have we, as we are, inspired by our faith in Jesus, our faith in God, our religious, I understand mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. for a lot of folks, it's like, don't bring in the religion, the religious piece of that's why. No, I'm going to bring it in. My ideals about the image of God have come from a book. Amen. My ideals about why uh, th that there are rights that the Supreme Court, their job is not to give me rights. Right. They're only to recognize the rights I already right. have right. that were written into the image that is on my soul. E exactly. My whole concept of that has come from 
God. Right. That, 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 that's, that's why I believe it. Absolutely. And what I'm saying is, bro, is that for me, before we can begin to parse through what it means for us to be lovers of life in the womb, we also need to step back and ask, are we going along with the other things that our God champions? Mm -hmm. it, 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 obviously, to God champions life. God is uh, serious about the preservation of life. Amen. In the Old Testament, God gives a, yeah. a synopsis. Mm -hmm. Here, mm -hmm. Here's the rubric of right. 10. Right. It's written right in there. These Absolutely. are 10 most important things for you. Right. It, the, the, the preservation of life is there. So I, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yet and still, mm -hmm. that, that extends to a culture that these who call themselves followers of God or lovers of God's way, right? that we should be exuding the other thing, all of what that means. Right. And you cannot be surprised when you step up, because uh, this is my overwhelming experience that I got on TikTok this week, uh, TikTok and Twitter, as I was reading people's arguments and going through videos of people in my generation. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I read a lot of the articles too, but my generation likes to make videos. Yeah. Okay, three minutes. So as I'm listening to the arguments, the kind of consistent uh, thread that ran through a lot of the rebuttals against the pro-life movement was all these examples of a disregard of life in these other areas. So I think there's a good argument to be made to say y'all are just saying that to distract from the issue. Pointing out to other issues. If, if he, yeah, they're saying that y'all yeah. are, are pointing out all of the inconsistencies to distract from the actual that's issue right, that's of right. Roe v. Wade and the, the preservation of life in the womb. That's right. Yeah. You, you don't get rid of a problem by pointing to other problems yeah, with the person that's pointing out the problem. I mean, problem. in KB, y'all are doing whataboutism. That, that's right. It, it, whataboutism. There, right. There's, there is value in pointing that out, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yet, if we gave ourselves to humility... Especially, especially humility with the facts. Right. I think that we'd have to say there's a change project that is an opportunity for us in the arguments of those who are standing yeah. against us. The, so say it, say it, this say is it, an excerpt. I want to get I, back to the, what you're saying. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, don't lose a thought. Okay. I just want to lay this. This is an excerpt from my, my soon coming book next year uh, that I think in some ways speaks to this. Uh, I'm talking about the, 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 this is a section of the book where I'm talking about rhetoric over reality, meaning right. that some, if we're not careful, we become people of rhetoric who talk very well, yeah. but we are not people that are transferring that rhetoric into creating a new reality. Likewise, there are few issues where Christians place confidence in the state's ability to legislate righteousness more than the issue of abortion. Many of us are eager to protect life, particularly in its most vulnerable forms but map the location of that protection to the polls every four years. Now, to Amin's point, let me just, a quick commentary. The idea is that abortion would fall under the umbrella of a Christian conviction to protect vulnerable life. Amen. Right? We agree with that. We agree with that. Yet, what a detractor might say is, do you believe that that applies to the southern border? Yeah. Is your pro-life ethic consistent? Right. So, like, this was, I, I mentioned this in the book very briefly, too. DACA, for example. Right. I, I went to a conference. Uh, you were with me. You and I taught at this conference together. Yes, we did. And uh, the question came up to a prominent Christian leader. I'll, I'll leave his name nameless just to be merciful. Right. They asked him, hey, uh, 
a lot of believers are partnering with the, the, the kind of burden of the right to end DACA, right? Mm -hmm. Mainly because it seems like it was put in place by that Barack Obama, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. But the substance of the program is 800,000 children, mm -hmm. many of them fresh out the womb, entering into this country, and their parents were immigrants, would be protected. Mm -hmm. The studies show that this group of 800,000 immigrants were adding uh, tremendous value to the nation. Uh, especially to lowest, the economy. To the economy, lowest crime rates. These are productive citizens that have been paying taxes yeah. and are completely integrated into American society. Many of them don't even speak the language of their homeland. Yeah. Many and of we them have, have never been to their homeland. And we have friends who are DACA recipients. We have good friends that are DACA recipients. That are Christians. That are, that are contributing to the ministers. kingdom of God in America. That yeah. are ministers. Yes. Yes. There's a, Literally. The spiritual contribution. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It was asked to this gentleman, mm -hmm. do you think that it's ethical that believers are siding with their, the, the, the politicians that are a voice to their That they're towing, they're towing the party line. Yep. In trying to end this, and I watched this minister of the gospel basically say that the wanting it to stay or wanting it to leave was a neutral reality. Yep. That, that there was no real ethical angle on this. So he leaves it to, essentially, the federal government, which ended up going to the Supreme Court. And ironically, this minister of the gospel, in my estimation, would be one of the individuals, because I believe in the local church and I believe in the pastorate, mm -hmm. it's where we would go to help, the, to help us understand how we should arbitrate morality. Right. Where it becomes more gray. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. He said he wasn't sure. However, I mean, just a few months after that, the Supreme Court looked at this and said, it would be immoral for us to get rid of this. Right. Supreme Court was clear on it. Right filled with justices who I hope should have some, a good sense of, of morality, mm -hmm. but I would hope that they wouldn't be the only ones, mm -hmm. that our pastors would as well. Right, right. They had the discernment to see, say, maybe it's not good to punt children out of the nation into countries they've never been with and have them live on the streets as they have no structures. Yes. And some of these children who are now adults. Yes. That have never been to their homeland. Yes, bro. And you would, it, it would just be like taking you as an American and punting you to Haiti or Dominican Republic or yes, wherever. Because that's and where your parents never, were you, from. Because that's where your parents were from. You've never been there. Right. You know the culture maybe a little bit because of your parents. You don't, you, you don't have any standing in the society there, no real network or connections. Maybe yes. you do with some family. But you all of your, your whole entire life gets uprooted here and you get punted back to a place that, you've, that is foreign to you yes. because this place is what's been home to yes. you. Yes. How do you survive in the third world? Because many of the places they come from Our are third, third world, world countries. Right. How do you live in a third world country in a way that your life is protected. Right. So that's what I'm saying. The whole idea is that, that abortion should be principally falling under the umbrella of the preservation of life wherever it's found. And that is southern border life, that is DACA protected life, that is widow life, that is life that is old, right? <laughs> That is life of that a, a is... life of the poor? The life that is poor. That is life that is black. That is life that is brown. That is life that is female. That is life. Yeah, in general. It's the umbrella conviction. Right. Could we all say that life is an umbrella, though? 
Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if we are looking at what the scriptures talk about in regards to life and being made in the image of God, life being protected is an umbrella term. Yes, yes, We can't yes. just say life being protected is only talking about the womb. That's right, Life that's right. of the womb. It's right. an umbrella term. Yes, 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 it's, yes. It, it, it's like how we use the term sexual immorality, how scripture uses sexual immorality. It covers all... Pornia. Sexual, yeah, pornea. Yeah. Covers all... It means sexual immorality, that, that covering all sure. types of sexual sin. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so life is an umbrella term. Yeah, yeah, and so if we are only talking about life in the womb, then we are missing. And and, and it. just to, and to sharpen that point that it means he is making for our people, the, the the folks that follow us in a way that you are emboldened and, and discipled from a distance by what we do. Our life should feel like people should be able to see that on us. Right, that we are umbrella life. Kind uh -huh. of people. Uh huh. That's why pro life, as it is politicized as a as a phrase, often doesn't speak to the the whole of who we are. Absolutely. And what it is we stand or for. What God is calling. What we us don't to. stand for. Right. What God has called us to be. So, anyways, I don't want to just acknowledge. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, life of the, of everyone. No, no, no. I want you to see it. It's not just rhetoric. Yes. And I've and I've had moments, if I can be honest, in my own life, as I look at who are the friends around me. Are you? Parsing out your theology about homosexuals without loving actual homosexuals? Right. Message. Is all of your conversation around the transgender movement completely disconnected from transgender people? Right. It's easy to do you rhetoric that way. You can't talk about loving, and loving these individuals when you don't want to get too close to them. Yep. Lest you seem like you agree. Yep. Is or, that the whole yeah. thing for you? Yep. Is the whole thing for us to be recognized and counted with our gang? As Jackie Hill Perry so brilliantly put it this week when she wrote about it, uh. that this is like gang culture. Is it, it is to show like fealty to the gang or is it to actually win people to an ethic or to a life or to a Jesus, bro? That gets back to things that I've said on this podcast a hundred times before. <laughs> and that is Christians that are conservative that would claim to be on the right, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. They have given into political tribalism yeah now what i when i talk about i know that people are going to get tired of me saying it but i'm not going to get tired of talking about it because it continues to be something that is i believe ruining our witness i believe that as christians living in the public square in which in the public square we do politics i am a person that would not consider myself a republican or a democrat i'm not a libertarian i guess people would would say that I'm a centrist. I'm not saying that centrist is somehow being elite. But what I am saying is that Christians that are engaging in politics that I've seen, especially since 2016, mm. have been influenced by a political tribe. And what they have done a lot of the times is that they have sullied their witness by punting their political ethics that would cause them to not only see the errors with the tribe, but also push back against the tribe. And they have embraced the political tribe wholesale. Wow, 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 wow. Now, what has happened with, with political tribalism is not like gang culture. It is gang culture. It's just political gang culture. Wow, come on, sir. The thing that is so ironic about it is that you'll have people on the right that talk about black people in the hood and gangs all the time and won't recognize how they and folks on the left operate in the exact 
same because yeah, it's human way nature as gangs. Yes. Why? Because we are sinners and it is human nature yeah, yeah. for us to not only gravitate towards enclaves who believe that who believe what we believe but also to feel like we are part of a community where we feel protected and valued and heard. Yes. And I think that a part of that temptation too is that you're not going to be accepted into the gang of the other side. You, 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 right. As much as you may try to show solidarity with those who disagree with you um, on your sexual ethic. Mm -hmm. As much as you try to show solidarity with those who are fighting for issues of social justice, you may try to show solidarity for those who are uh, fighting for environmental justice, uh, so on and so forth. There are all kinds of camps out there that are doing work that we would agree with, right. but we will never be at home in any of and them. And that's one of the things that is frustrating about when you hear Christians that talk about us label us critical race theorists and these social justice liberal Christians or whatever yeah. is that they don't recognize how much the liberals hate us. Yes. <laughs> Even though we would agree with them on certain issues. Right. As if though we are a part of them and not a part of the other side. Sure. Which shows you how tribal it has become. Yes, sir. That you are saying, well, you're not with us, so you must be with them. You're not blood, so you must be crib. That's right. That's right. And so what I'm saying is that what we have seen over time, I said this in the, po the politics episode that we, have, that we have done, is that I have seen Christians who are part of the religious right totally and, totally and completely punt biblical ethics and make excuses for the kind of ways in which Christians on the right are doing politics. This new, what I call, MAGA type of political engagement that is nationalistic, that is rude and brash and disrespectful. Yes. They have literally joined that side in order to win. Yeah. 2016, they made all of the justifications that we are joining in on this side of the, 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 the this kind of MAGA type of America first, nationalistic, make America great again, Donald Trump train. Right. Now, one of the things that I, I, I think that Christians on the right, would, I, which I don't have problems with Christians being on the right, sure. as long as they're on the right in a way that I believe honors God. Yes. And what has happened- Just like if you're is, on the left, you need right. to be on the left in a way, way that, that honors, honors God. God. Which means- which means if you are on the right in the way that honors God, it's going to mean that you are going to disagree with things that the right does and says at times. How could you not? Because the right is not a, can we, uh, can we agree with it? Let's say this. The right wing of the political spectrum in America is not a Christian movement. Yes, yes. Come on, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a Christian movement. Yes. The religious right may have tried to find their place there. It may have, in the 80s, moved Christians to that side of the political spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is not a Christian movement, which means that just like the left side of the political spectrum, it is a secular movement. Right. And if it is a secular movement, there's going to be things that are part of that movement that are ungodly. Let's go, sir. Let's go. But what has happened is because we want to we want to win so bad over the left, and a lot of that has come out of fear, KB. Yes, yes, it has yes. come out come of on, fear man. that if the left wins, they are going to transform America into a secular utopia, which would really be a Christian nightmare that is going to become Marxist and is going to start bringing all, uh, all kinds of social persecution on the Christian, and all of our rights are going to be restricted, and that is going to start uh, messing with it, what, what, what it means to be American. 
America, messing with what it means to be an American, and then messing with what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. And we can't have that. So we have to link arms with these guys on the right in order to defeat the left. And I think that that comes out of fear of losing to the left because of what the left is going to do to your country. And for me, fear is the worst thing that can motivate you as the Christian because what it would cause you to do is start compromising on biblical ethics right. in order to uh, side with the party that you believe is going to win and keep all of the persecution and liberalism, uh, crazy neo-Marxist liberalism away from us. Wow. And if your biggest fear as a Christian on the right is neo-Marxism and liberalism, yeah. which I'm not saying is okay. Sure. We've seen how that stuff has worked in countries throughout history. It has decimated countries, yes, yes. decimated economies. They've brought in more oppression in the name of liberating people. Yeah, and yeah, liber yeah. liberating people is oppress people, kill people, murder right, people. Right, 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 right. I understand that. However, you can do both and. You can stand against that without also standing for a part of your political wing that actually starts embracing things that are unbiblical Come in regards on, to sir. ethics. So what is going on this is that spit. Christians on the right are not creating a third way. Some Christian folks on the right look just like the secular right yeah. to the point that when even the world looks at you they see no discernible difference yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. if you are a christian and you are on the right again i i hear you i have no problem with that but if you are a christian on the right then you as god's child who has called to be set apart from the world to be salt and light to be light in the darkness to be sanctified set apart put aside for God's use, that means that you will on the right look different than the secular people on the right. right. But what we have seen is that Christians on the right side of the political spectrum a lot of times look exactly like the secular right to the point that there is no discernible difference. There should not be a conflation of you and Ben Shapiro who rejects Jesus as his Lord and Come Savior. On, <laughs> I'm being honest. Ben Shapiro, I've said it before. I'm, I'm not trying to crack on Ben Shapiro. Yeah. But Ben Shapiro has explicitly Benny. said that I do not believe that Jesus is Lord. Right, right, right. And it seems like Christians on the right have no problem linking arms with him and looking just like him in almost everything that they do. Sure. And everything that they say and everything that they believe and everything that he supports and everything that you support. There's no discernible difference between you and a man that rejects Jesus as his savior. And newsflash, if Ben Shapiro rejects Jesus as his savior, he is just as bad as Hillary Clinton. Who rejects Jesus as her savior? And so I think that it is right for us to then ask the question if Roe v. Wade is overturned, which it is, are you, as Christians on the right who have this victory, are y'all ready yeah, yeah. to actually engage in what this means for real? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, are you? Because if you and, have and shown, let, let me just finish this ahead, real quick. Ahead, if you have shown a history of not being consistently pro-life when it comes to the border, consistently pro-life when it comes to DACA recipients, consistently pro-life when it comes to the poor, consistently pro-life when it comes to uh, uh, the vulnerable in the hood and when it comes to uh, things like police brutality, yeah. consistently pro-right when it comes to the elderly, consistently pro-right when it comes to the environment, consistently pro-life when it comes to all of these other things, then it, it is a fair question to ask, are you ready to bear the responsibility of what it means for Roe v. Wade to actually be overturned? Yeah. And will you actually now engage in, in, in society in a way that shows that you are full of love and the preservation of life, or will you not? Yeah. It's just like asking somebody that is terrible with money, you just won a lottery for $250 million, <laughs> can you handle this money? Sure, 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 sure. 
Are you ready for this? Right, right. Or will this money destroy you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, it, it, and I think that that is the question that we are asking. Are you ready to bear what this actually means? Because this is not the end. This is actually just the beginning. Yes. It's just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not the end of a fight. This is the beginning of something now. And it's hard to answer that question when you see that a lot of those on the right who claim to be Christians have erected movements out of fear and out of and out of anger and out yeah. of animus, especially when you think about what folks on the right have done in the middle of a pandemic. The data shows yeah. that the majority of these folks on the right were, were, were anti-vaccine. The majority of them were anti-mask. The majority of them were anti-all of these things. Social and we have 300,000 plus lives that could have actually been saved if the majority of us would have got on board. Yeah. So y'all, yeah. y'all, people are gonna get on here. Oh, I mean, you're talking about anti-vaxxers. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. I am pro-life, right? I, I am I'm very much so against abortion. But the same folks that claim that it is my right for my body to decide what gets done with my body, I have the right to be able to decide my whether body, a vaccine gets put in it. It's my body, my choice. Those folks are the folks that decided to actually elect to do things to preserve a virus that was killing the most vulnerable amongst us. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Literally the most vulnerable. But like literally. Yep. It is not an unfair question for us to ask. Yeah. Are y'all ready for this thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to read this extra excerpt from this, uh, uh, from my book. It says, uh, yet I recognize that as I write this, the Supreme Court in a landmark decision has overturned Roe v. Wade, sending the issue back to the states. Mm -hmm. And the temptation for many is to understand abortion so neatly that a pro-life Supreme Court victory can feel like a panacea, the end of a decade's long fight, but the reality is far more complicated than the rhetoric. The data unequivocally suggests that abortion was more common when it was mostly illegal. Right. Fewer women got abortions in 2017 when abortion was federally supported than they did when abortion was banned. Mm -hmm. The reality runs deeper than the political positions can account for. Gratitude is an appropriate reaction for what the Supreme Court has decided. But David French reminds us that this is not the beginning of the end of abortion in the United States, but rather as the end of the beginning of a long struggle to remake our nation into a culture that is far more hospitable to the mother and child. Right. That this is the time for the pro-life movement to really get busy. And we're going to see if they are. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's, that's the question that I, I have. I don't know. I, I, I tell you what I'm going to do. Because this is the first time that we've, abortion has been going down under all these liberal, sure. liberal presidents, yeah. which I'm not trying to say, you know, uh, correlation equals causation, but it is, it is an important fact to notice that it has. But under Donald Trump was the first time that we've seen it actually be higher than it Go was up. than when he began. It, than when the president yes. began. In, in 2017, 2017 was the first time since 1990 that abortion went up. Right. It has literally been descending under every president, no yeah. matter what they Because we were creating believe. a society that, that valued life. There were, we're creating a society that valued life and a society that was getting better at contraception. Also, right. society's Absolutely. values changing about children. Absolutely. There's all kinds of things. The, the, the point that, that, that I'm trying to make here <laughs> yeah. is that how the society thinks it's, it has more power more important than, than what, it's legislated. what the Supreme Court legislates. How the, so oh. should there be gratitude over Roe v. Wade being Absolutely. overturned? Absolutely. For the conversation to now turn into something that is speaking to the ethos, the zeitgeist of the society. Because what I have learned this week online is that if this comes down to an argument between the, the left and the right, we are going nowhere. We believe different things. 
We believe different things about what, the, uh, uh, what is actually happening inside of a woman's body. Uh, they're even Christians. I, I have a lot of respect for Rashad Ritchie, um, who uh, has uh, uh, a really good show called um, The Bullpen, where he does a lot of deb debates. Yes, and stuff like I like that. him too. Dr. Rashad Ritchie is pro-choice. Yeah, we have some disagreements with him, but uh, yeah, you know. and I, I don't, I don't agree with 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 how he ex, but he he has a a very thorough exegesis of why he landed there. Right, that he sees life as starting at breath. Yeah, and I would not. Which I, which I look which at I, Rashad which, Rishi and say that he doesn't love Jesus or that he's that not he, a believer. That he's, that he's completely yeah, lost. Absolutely, he does not believe that they are that they are murdering life in the uh, the womb uh, up up into the first uh, you know trimester. Uh huh. Uh, I, I I don't see it that way. Uh, but yeah. he has strong uh, Bible based uh -huh. Bible referring convictions on why he lands where he lands. Yeah. And, and I, I would look at that and say, no, I believe something very differently about what those verses are saying. Right. And I believe something differently about what I believe is happening in the womb. Right. So what do we do at that point? Mm -hmm. You're referencing the Bible. I'm referencing the Bible. We're landing in two different yeah. places. So what are we going to do? Just what stay, happens? Just stay, we're just going to be at an impasse? Yes. Or is there a way that we can both come together and actually support things that happens yes. within society that would, both, that would still bring down abortion? Uh, but David French basically, you know, he argues mm -hmm. that the simple truth is that if the pro-life movement wants to end abortion, it has to do much more work than merely banning abortion. This doesn't mean that pro-life Americans should cease working to provide legal protections for unborn life. As a matter of deep principle, we cannot leave any human being unprotected by law. And the life and health of the mother as paramount as those of the child. But the historical record does tell us that ending abortion is a different matter from banning abortion. And we cannot end abortion until we learn why women seek abortions and how our nation can address the concerns and lead them to make that choice. David's point here is important. Politics are not irrelevant, but they are also not more powerful than the reality we create through our Christian witness. Many abortions are motivated by single moms' fear that they will not be able to sufficiently provide for the child. Let me pause for a second. This is not in all, I am not at all dealing with ectopic, right, uh, ectopic miscarriages. Yes. There's more to be had, more conversation to be Absolutely. had than a sweeping ban. Yes. So let's just acknowledge that. Laws aside, how do we continue to incentivize life by creating a culture that welcomes, sustains, and helps mothers to flourish? Mm -hmm. Studies show that many women who seek to terminate their babies do so as a last resort. And historically, that last resort has not become less attractive by law and condemnation, but by grace and empowerment. Because... Often in the context of the church, the fear of provision is compounded with the fear of being shamed. While virtually every church would tell single mothers that abortion is wrong, how often are churches willing to throw a baby shower for a young unwed mother to be? We all agree that a baby is a gift from God. And therefore, we want mothers to safely bring their babies into this world out of their duty to God. Yet our actions often don't communicate that those babies born out of wedlock are as valuable to God as the ones that are born in wedlock. We don't celebrate them as we should. We don't congratulate the unwed mother on bringing new life into the world. If we genuinely cherish new life, we would rally around the unwed mother, love her, help take care of the new life that we claim to value and fight to protect. The salient reality is that we often, we often don't know how to say the sex outside 
of marriage is a sin while at the same time honoring what that sex might produce. New life is to be praised, protected, provided for, and that includes our active participation. Mm -hmm. But too often we prioritize the rhetoric of premarital abstinence over the reality of loving and caring for our unwed neighbors. Legislation is but a single but a single way to protect life in the world. But given that fewer abortions happen today than they did at the year before Roe v. Wade, legislation is not always the most effective way. But grace-driven love for both women and their babies, regardless of the context, creates a culture of life that abortion cannot survive. And let me say this. Yeah. The key part about what you just said was a culture of life in which abortion cannot survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The question is, do we want to ban abortion or do we want to end abortion? Ooh. If we want to end abortion, yeah. we don't need legislation to do that. Yeah. And legislation is not going to mainly do that. Right, right, right. What is going to, not saying that it doesn't mean it should, we should, it should be pursued. Like you said, we should, we should celebrate that it is. Yeah. But what is going to help do that is creating a culture of life, which we saw was happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am afraid that many Christians are putting all of their eggs in a basket of Roe v. Wade as legislation being passed to achieve this end yeah, yeah. and not what we are actually doing within culture and society right, as right, a right, witness right, right. in order to bring the end yeah. of abortion yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And the question then becomes, how do we create a society of life? Yeah, say that. Yeah, say that. It's not only through legislation. Yeah. Legislation is simply but a tool. Yes. But I think that mainly the way that we do it is through being the kind of people within society and culture yeah. that are loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Yes. Telling folks about the truth of God. Yes. And letting that start to transform. It's so funny how many Christians we know that when we started talking about systemic and institutional racism constantly told us, why are you all trying to legislate this stuff? Why are you all, why are you trying to change laws around race yes. and do all these things? Policies. What you should be, why are you trying to bring forth systems and system change? What you should be doing is simply preaching the gospel and let that permeate throughout culture and change everything. But they did not believe that about abortion. Hey, free smoke, free smoke, hey. So you believe, so, so preaching the gospel only works for racism, but it doesn't work for abortion? Why are you not telling all of your pro-life people to stop trying to legislate and systemically change things about right, abortion? Right, right, right. Let's just, why don't you just get involved in preaching the gospel within right. culture? Let that permeate throughout culture and create a system of life, and then that will change abortion. Wow. When we have said that to those folks, they've been like, what? No, Roe v. Wade has to be overturned. Right, 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 right. But right, when right. we say that about race... Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you just preach the gospel. Why do we have to start changing policy? Why yeah, do we have yeah, to have yeah. the Supreme... You're it's right, bro. Clearly. Because we know that we know that this whole issue around abortion is systemic. Richard Nixon, Republican, of, of course, mm -hmm. like Teflon Don, okay, had some weird beliefs about abortion. But Christians didn't seem to mind. They didn't seem to mind that he believed that abortion was okay if the baby was mixed, biracial. Oh, no, you didn't. They have him recorded yes, saying that abortion seems to be okay if the baby is, uh, is mixed, it's, yes. it's biracial. Man, looking like a zebra. We can't have <laughs> zebra children running around. So I guess in that case it would be okay, but yeah. everything else, no. See, but I'm saying though, bro, like that's the that that this speaks to a systemic issue. That there's these things 
in us, bro, that will make concessions and... I'm reading this. Every now and then I try to read this uh -huh. book called Book of Arguments. And uh -huh. it's just a, a thin book, but I try to read through it. I try to read through that it's mug. It's good to know that. It talks about logical fallacies. My mind. Yeah. Logical fallacies. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, but there's a, uh, the critical thinking section mm -hmm. has the, the, the phrase wishful thinking. Now, right. we've heard that before, right? Uh -huh. But wishful thinking is the, 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 this, especially when, it's, when it becomes like a, a pathology, bro. Yeah. Is that you walk around just, Bridging the gaps to reality, bro. Right. Things that are clearly off. You say, well, I don't know. Like, we're talking about, like, how, how serious we are about marriage and, and, and not getting divorced. But then you'll have your, your main leader has had five of them. And you just somehow, you know what I'm saying, just bridge the gap because there's always the joy set before you. Jesus said, the Bible said Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. The joy set before you, fam, is that we would be able to live in a society where we have the power, bro, and we get to keep our little piece of land. Uh -huh. We get to keep the way we've always done things. We get to stay on top as the dominant religion and racially, where where you know there's not you know like a little, little brown folk coming in, but not too many now. Not too many. <laughs> there's a joy set before you that things would stay the way that they are. It's the secular right, and that has all kinds of things baked into it. Absolutely, and sensitivity to the to the vulnerable there's also there's lots of racialization in there there's there, there's there's nationalism in there american exceptionalism on steroids uh -huh. there could be some misogyny in there if the joy set before you is riddled with all kinds of things that aren't biblical right then you're going to find yourself putting connective tissue uh, and, and, and arguing away your cognitive dissonance and being wishful thinking as a doing wishful thing as a pathology that don't even make sense yes this doesn't make sense, fam. Absolutely. I can be grateful for the overturn of Roe v. Wade, but also say the studies are pretty clear. Roe v. Wade wasn't driving abortion up. It was not. In 2017. Yeah. There were other things. There were other factors, rather. I understand, dear sister, who is concerned about your rights being infringed upon. I understand it. But I also want to say, and I'm willing to join you. I'm willing to join you in a, a social contract mm -hmm. that when it comes to life, that we cannot haphazardly, quickly, or conveniently end that without serious considerations. Oh, yes. Now, let's be clear. We live in a nation that ends life on purpose. Mm -hmm. Do it in prisons. Right. We do it with people uh, in vegetative states mm -hmm. and hospitals. Yes. Okay. There's all kinds of examples right. of, their, of it being good for us talking about the difference between killing and murder. Right. All right. Intent matters. It does. Context matters. Yes. But we got to have a conversation, sister. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Can we at least say that this is not something that we can, what I will not at all accept is the clump of cells argument. It's, yeah. I, I, we, 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 we just can't do that. Mm -hmm. If right. there was potential that the clump of cells might turn into a zebra, it might actually develop into something else. We have another conversation. Right. Can we at least say, can we at least say that there's some mystery in the womb uh -huh. and that we got to handle the womb delicately? Right. Because all of us started as what is commonly termed as fetuses. Uh -huh. I am the fertilized egg 
I am that today. Yeah. I've just been around longer. Yeah. But and that's who I am. You're still a clump of cells. That's right. I'm I mean, if you really want to talk today. about a clump of cells, you still are a clump of cells today. You think about, man, think about that. Dear sister, babies that have survived abortions who are now walking and talking about their stories and advocating for, for rights being applied to humans in the, room, in the womb. When you think about their stories, realize that these are people, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How, I, I, growing up, you know, one of the ways that my family tried to keep me and, my, and people in our family out of going into the streets, joining gang culture, is driving us by a graveyard and saying, you know what we see out here? These are doctors, lawyers, uh, soldiers, presidents, yep. the cure for cancer, yep. the cure for AIDS, the next revolutionary vaccine, life on the moon, yep. uh, being able to start a colony on Mars. All of that mm -hmm. is buried in these graveyards. Right. Don't join the movement, yes. sir. Yes. And what I'm saying, can we not just run past the potential life? Can we not just mm -hmm. run past the miracle of life yeah. inside of a Can we just sit for a while and not make this, it's in my body, I can do what I want? Right. Because let's be honest, statistically, the, the vast majority of those who are ending life in the womb is based on a bunch of arbitrary and oftentimes subjective reasons. Right. I don't know, I, I know almost zero men, almost zero men who when their wife got pregnant said, oh yeah, we could definitely provide for this. Right. <laughs> I remember a brother pulling Dark me out. dudes like, I yo! Never, like I will never forget, I had a brother one day pull me outside of church. Yeah. After service, he said, bro, I got to talk to you. I said, <laughs> My I, I was, life I, is over. Yeah, I thought, I thought something was wrong. I was like, yo, yo, what happened? Brother X, I'm going to call him Brother, brother X. Brother X. Brother X, what happened, man? What's yeah. going on? He said, bro, my wife is pregnant again, bro. <laughs> he was so distressed. I literally saw it on his body. He yeah. was like, I, 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 my I, man, I, like I'm running the numbers, cuz. I, I, I don't know what because he already had like two kids or something. Yeah. He was like, I, he was like, I, 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 he was like literally, like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I don't have kids. I still have kids yet, Lord willing, soon. But I was like, bro, 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 calm down. He yeah. was like, bro, I just don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know how we're gonna handle. It. I, 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 I was like, brother. God has provided for you before and he will do it again. I see the move. Yeah, and I was just like, I mountains. get it. I said, I get it. I get it, bro. I know that you're, well, I, I'm trying to get it, but I was like, I know you're concerned, bro. But I think that you're going to be okay, bro. Bro, can I say something real quick, yeah. bro? So my, my, my mentor in college, he's still, he's, still, he's still my accountability partner. I confess sin to him all the time. Right. Uh, Aaron Bryant. Um, Aaron was poor when we were in college, bro. I know you, yeah. Poor, bro. He will make, he'll tell you, I was poor. He will, He's he not will, poor, he no poor. poor no more. He ain't poor no more. He's doing good. He's doing good now. He's doing real good. Now. He he got got real good. Me and him talked about that, but he said, yeah, but he was poor. He wasn't poor. He was poor. Sis Figgle, boy. He wasn't poor, but he was poor. He was poor, cuz. He couldn't afford the R. He couldn't afford the R. He just said, just poor. Oh, my gosh. Man, said he couldn't the government forms, they say, sir, are you poor? He said, no, 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 no. That's way more resource. I was, brother. R is for resource, and I don't have that. I'm poor. I'm poor. P.O. Anyways. <laughs> he said he could not afford the R. Go ahead. Bro, fam. And again, crisis when his wife got pregnant. Crisis, bro. 
And with every one of his four children that he had in poverty, Mm -hmm. God provided for each one of them. He said he would sometimes do the books, bro. And he said that he would not know where the money came from, but it would be what he needed. And all of his kids, not only were they, were they well provided for and fed, they're all in college now. Mm-hmm. They all have, have been able to move on with their, with their lives mm-hmm. and are doing wonderful things for us, for this world. Mm-hmm. They're contributing to us. They're keeping us safe. They're helping to develop technology, fam. Mm-hmm. And what, there's, what there are studies that will show, and I never hear anyone talk about this in the, in the abortion debate because we want to be sensitive to women's rights because Absolutely. we've been so insensitive to them in the past. Yes. So I totally understand that. Right. But no one talks about the studies that show that we are not good, we are not great at discerning how we'll be able to handle things in the future. Yes. We're not great at it, bro. That's true. Yep. We over We usually overestimate oh, we, we, we usually, or we underestimate. Yeah. We catastrophize all or we the yep, time, yep. bro. Uh-huh. No one talks about that. Yep. We know that it's not easy. We're not saying, dear sister, you can do it. It's just going to be all good. No. Yes. We know it's hard. I can't talk as a, as a woman, but no, I we can can't. talk as someone who was from ra- poverty raised by mother in poverty. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm here too. I just hope that this isn't coming off as slam dunking because that's, no, 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 no. that's what we've been, I've been seeing all week is just people dunking, through the yeah. legs, bro, behind the back, tomahawk. Oh, <laughs> take that. And, and, and it's uh, like, is this really about yeah, preserving life? You want to mock, and, and literally, and I'm, th- th- these, these women that you are slam dunking on can get pregnant and have babies. Absolutely. Do, 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 this is what you want them to hear? Yep. You want them to hear you slam dunking on them? You think that incentivize? Right. I was going to say, you I, think that that's going to make man, them less, yes, le- cool, less willing to get an abortion if they could? Yeah, no, I, it's, I'm, it's I'm definitely even not. thinking about, I, we read the story that the Chriselle from, um, uh-huh. from Selling Sunset, selling sunset yep. put that post up mm-hmm. um, uh, about this, this lady who baby was dead inside of her mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and killing her. Killing her as yep. a result, mm-hmm. and uh, and where she had to go to get the baby out, and on the way, the what she experienced with the protesters outside of the calling clinic. her a murderer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I understand that in a lot of ways, I'm here as a Christian who believes in protecting life in the womb very, very strongly. Mm-hmm. So I understand in a lot of ways those who would fall into that, you know category don't have a good reputation in having this conversation in the in the world right if you would hear me out for a moment though is it at least reasonable that we help women think about the decision that they're making right because it is a it, it is a big decision studies also show that aborting a child has dramatic psychological and physiological effects on a woman when they do it. Mm -hmm. This is not like going to get a wisdom tooth removed. Think of what happens between a woman and her baby during the pregnancy. All the ways in which their bodies are synced up, all in the ways, all the ways in which what the mother is doing has impact on the baby. Studies are showing that how the mother's uh, stress levels, what she's going through in this in 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 her world. Let's say she's living in like poverty and they're worried about how they're gonna eat and stuff like that. Those things begin to traumatize the baby in the womb. Exactly. Yeah. Begin to shape the baby's personality in the womb. Yeah. 
the personality, the consciousness of that child doesn't just start after they breathe. Right. There's, there's forming happening in Absolutely. the womb. In the womb. Yeah. It's life happening. It's life happening in the womb. Yeah. And I'm saying, can we at least say that we all can agree, basically as a society, as a society we all agree that not aborting is ideal. Absolutely. We all agree on that. And a lot of liberals, I just wanted to point out to my Christians on the right, they would agree with that too. Yes, yes, yes. That, that abortion is not like really like a common good. Those who listen to Southside Rabbi who are pro-choice, would you be willing to partner with us in this that we would simply try to fight for the best possible outcome? Mm -hmm. If we're going to, can we, can, we, can we link arms in that? That we're going to try to fight, for, regardless of what the law is, we want to fight for the best possible outcome for the mother and for her baby. Mm -hmm. I, I would hope so because I would hope that we can partner with these centers to give women resources that they need. Because yes. what we've seen lately is these crisis pregnancy centers have been bombed. And yes, and underfunded too. Yes. So they're being bombed on one end. After Roe v. Wade was overturned. <laughs> yes. They've been bombed and, and desecrated. Yes, and, and then and, you got then you got the, and the fact underfunded. that it's 100,000 churches in the city and they haven't given a single dime to, to any the, of to them. The, to the pregnancy centers yeah. or volunteer because they're all, not only are yeah, they underfunded, led, yeah. not only are they underfunded, but they lack in volunteers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so they need more funding. They need more volunteers. I, I just, please, don't let your biblical ethics be conflated with your, the ethics of your party. There is a difference between true biblical orthodoxy and then the orthodoxy of your party. Yeah. Let's realize that parties work a lot like religions, that they have an orthodoxy, which means they have a set of beliefs that mean that you're either in or you're out of the party. Right. But your orthodoxy when it comes to Christian, your, your biblical orthodoxy trumps the orthodoxy of your party, yeah. which means that at times your fidelity to what Christ has said in his word will trump the fidelity of your party. Come on. And that means that you will have to call your party out. You will have to disagree with your party. You will have to dissent with your party and you will have to run the risk of your party lambasting you for it. Yeah. Some social scientists have this term that they call identity protective cognition. The identity protective cognition term is something that is used to describe you being so part of some kind of group or movement that it becomes a part of your identity. Wow, wow, wow. And when it becomes a part of your identity, you start to believe it so strongly that it is hard for you to believe something other than mm. what the group believes because now the group is a part of your identity. And to not be a part of and it to is to not like not be yourself. something that the group believes yeah. is to go against yourself, Oof. your own identity. Yeah. And I am scared that my dear Christian brothers and sisters or those who would name the name of Christ have made so much of their identity being a conservative, yeah, 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 yeah. being on the right, being linked with the MAGA movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah that 
for you to go against something that the movement is actually for feels like you're going against yourself. Yes. Even if a biblical ethic causes you to go against it. Yes, yes, yes. So what you do is instead of actually following the biblical ethic that would clearly be in contradiction to what your party or your movement or the people that you're a part of want, you find a way to justify why your biblical ethic actually agrees with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't. And then when you have fo folks on the right Folks who are conservative, I think of somebody like a David French, right. who is very much so conservative, very much so concerned with biblical ethics, who would go against his party. You lambast somebody yeah. like that. You excoriate them as yeah. not being tough enough, yep. as being too friendly with the left. We just saw an article that we talked about, about someone talking about Tim Keller being too winsome yes. and how the political moment doesn't cause for Christians to be winsome in society insanity. anymore. And that is insanity. insane. Asinine. And it breaks my heart because what you are saying is that the political moment in society is what is deciding how Christians should act. Yeah. And that is unbiblical. Facts, facts, facts. Can we please see that that is unbiblical? Right, right, the right. The political moment in society never determines how a Christian should act. When it comes to political ethics, the biblical ethic that God gave us is concrete. That's it right. It stands Universal. up under no matter what happens in society. Yeah. Amen. Let me just leave us with this. Thinking about what it says at Hebrews 11, at, where we see the author of Hebrews talking about the Hall of Fame. Or the Hall of, hall faith, of faith, Hall of Fame. That's what I'm going to call it. It's the hall, the of hall of Faith, faith. Hall of Fame. It is right? the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame, yeah. right? And I think about what it means for us as Christians as I talked about us talking about the preservation of the nation and all of these things. And I think about what it means to remember that we are to be set apart and this is not our home, y'all. I'm not just talking about America. Jesus says this world it's not our home. Hebrews 11, uh, 13, I'll read, I'll read down to 16. Talking about those in the Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from, far, from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Nice. Us as believers, as those in the Hall of Faith Hall of Fame, we have to be desiring a better country, I love a it. heavenly one. Come on, sir. That is what we are called to. Come on, sir. We live in this earth as exiles, knowing that there is a better city, a better country, a heavenly one, in which when you get there, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ reigning in all his glory will not have the constitution of the, of the United States on his desk or mounted on his wall. He will not have a picture of all of the presidents mounted on. It's not going to be Theodore Roosevelt and Ronald Reagan on his wall. He is not going to be flying an American flag in his office. It is going to be the constitution of the kingdom, which is his word, <gasps> and the flag of the kingdom, which will be stained in his blood. <gasps> that is what we are to be after, and it will cause you to be at odds with the kingdoms and the flags and all of the kind of religious loyalty of the parties in this earth. Yeah. The kingdom is the priority. The kingdom's flag is the flag that we raise. And God's word 
is what we champion. Come on, cuz. Let that be how we live our life as exiles desiring a better country, a country that will be better than the United States of America. That is the country that we look to preserve, that God will preserve, and that is the country that we are inviting everyone to be an ambassador of. We yes. are ambassador of the kingdom. Let that be the way we live our life. Y'all. This has been Southside Rabbi. Special edition. Special edition. Special edition. We'll see y'all season five. Love y'all. I remember I was I told the story before. Uh, uh-huh. um, I didn't get to speak about it uh, in detail, but I told a story about being at a seminary. I won't say the name again. Uh-huh. And uh, talking to this lady who was a student there, uh, who's about to graduate, if I'm not mistaken, who thought that it would be a tragedy that if a hundred years from now we were speaking Spanish in this country. Oh yeah, I remember you told me about told us about that. Think even if you're out there today, if you hear that and you think, man, what a tragedy. Why would that be a tragedy? And let me ask you, if you're a Christian who thinks that that would be a tragedy, I would ask, what biblical precedent do you have to believe something like that? Yes. Because if you do believe that, it's a good indication that what you are being ruled by is not biblical ethics, but the ethics of your party. That's that right. is secular. That's, That's what right. I keep saying.